1: Hey, it's Matt here. Guess what's happening on this week's binge list? This is really excellent.
2: I'm really excited about this one. It's the first great show of 2019 in my book.
0: But I was like, yeah, I just need something more from this. I need something more.
1: I think, you know, when an actor writes their own part, there's always a risk it's going to be an exercise in narcissism. And that's a little bit what this is it's a bit of navel gazing. Welcome back to Binge List, your weekly podcast covering all the best shows on TV. I'm your host, Matthew Denby, and joining me in the studio are Who Magazine's TV experts, Gavin Scott and Ali Cromedy. Welcome back, guys. Hi. Hey. We've got some great shows for you this week. We're talking about British-Australian mystery series, The Cry, Groundhog Day-style craziness in Russian Doll, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins' new miniseries, I Am the Night, our hidden gem is Broad City, and we're also talking to Celia Pacola and Luke McGregor about Rose Raven. Cry was a critical and ratings hit when it screened in the UK last year, and now this four-part British-Australian mystery is coming to Aussie screens, airing on the ABC from February 3. Set between Scotland and Victoria, it deals with the shocking disappearance of a baby and the very unexpected aftermath. Starring Jenna Coleman as the shell-shocked mum and our very own Asha Keddie. this one really is cleverly devised and will keep you guessing. What did you think of it, Gavin?
2: This is really excellent. I'm really excited about this one. It's the first great show of 2019 in my book. And Mm -hmm. and hopefully, yes, good, Ali's agreeing. (laughs) Matt, agree? agree. Yeah, really, really good. Yes. And, I mean, the best thing about this is you don't know what's coming next. It 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 twists at the end of every episode, and there's only four of them. It it twists into something new. My best advice would be to binge it hard. Mm. All four episodes are going to be available on Feb 3 on iView. And you don't want this one spoiled for you because each episode has a big – twist that changes everything Mm.
0: yeah totally i think i was watching the first episode i was like yeah i mean this is good the acting's great like it's a great cast and you know i'm connecting i like the that it's set in like a small town um i guess in victoria i'm pretty yeah they land in melbourne um i loved that aspect of it but i was like yeah i just need something more from this i need something more i watched the second episode i was like okay there's something more this is delivering (laughs) this is great and then every episode after that as you'll see as you when you watch it um it it Delivers again, like it's gripping. But also, I, I did find some of the subject matter pretty dark and and almost too much to handle. Um, I don't know what I can say and, and spoiler wise, but um, obviously a lot of the drama is surrounded like about a baby, yep. um, and some of yeah, it was really some of it was really hard to absorb. Um, i found did you guys find that
1: yeah definitely there's sort of it's never spelt out in the early episodes at least that there's sort of a shadow of perhaps Mm postnatal depression hanging over this um yeah and there's a lot of anxiety surrounding the baby there is a really memorable scene in the first episode where the young family is traveling from the uk to australia on a long-haul flight the baby starts screaming and anyone who's ever been on a (laughs) long-haul flight everyone's hackles i'm sure went up like mine did Mm -hmm. the anxiety of being trapped next to a screaming baby non-stop for 30 hours mm-hmm. but you feel so much empathy for the mother who's dealing with this baby and the judgmental looks and the yeah. comments. I've been on plenty of planes with screaming babies and I've never actually seen anybody comment but this oh. lady seems to get a lot of them. Yeah. They complain. They complain. Oh yeah. The guys like, "Oh,
2: give the baby whiskey." Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the, as if that would some of the things I was like, that would no one would ever say that. Nobody would ever do no. that. But I have been on planes where people have comment like been quite rude right. um, Lots of to parents and it's like you just my heart I just broke for yeah. her and she's so sleep deprived. She's so at her wit's end, and her husband or her partner. What the hell is he doing? He does nothing. Worst yeah.
2: husband ever. Just with his
0: sleep mask on, just like kicking back, having some catching, yeah, you know, having a snooze. So oh, I'm, I'm
2: glad we agree on that. Yeah. You, you and Leslie in this is the worst husband ever. Oh, he was married to Asher Keddie's character, and now he's with Jenna Coleman's character, yeah. who who is the mother of the baby that goes yeah. missing. And he's the worst. He is a he's a piece of work. He is horrible, <laughs> Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's an interesting guy, but yeah. I, you're sort of left wondering. Is he the way he's being depicted or is it being walked through perception? Mm. Who knows? Who knows? There's some in really interesting stuff going yeah. on there. And on the, back on the plane, did you notice that every time someone took the baby off her, mm-hmm. it stopped crying?
2: Oh. oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. that must be every parent's worst nightmare. I can't get my baby to sleep, <laughs> yeah, you're but the problem. everyone else can. And then another nightmare: my baby's gone missing. Yeah, but I. What so did you guys? Nightmares. What did you guys think of the time hopping in this? Because I mm. guess the the present tense of this is uh, you and Leslie and Jenna Coleman arriving yeah. in Australia. But we get flashbacks. We get flashbacks mm. within flashbacks. We get flash forwards to some court case, mm. and I don't want to go into what the court case is about. Mm. Uh, and I found it really easy to follow despite the fact yeah. that it was tripping all over the place yeah
1: you go, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a very familiar narrative form, and ever has been ever since I don't know, Pop Fiction or something. You know, we, we're very familiar with it. But I don't think there's any other way they could have told this story yeah. the way they want to be clever about the telling of the story. If it was done in a linear fashion, it wouldn't be nearly as interesting. Oh, no. would it? not as
0: gripping. Not you know. I did find some of the the way that like when she was she there's scenes where she's sitting on her phone and there's obviously people commenting online, and then they were in the room with her commenting. I didn't love that, but. I I thought that was a little bit like obvious and like oh okay I just have seen it a few times before I just didn't really uh, thought that was unnecessary but that's me being really critical
2: <laughs> it's always tricky how how do you create the drama of you know people typing yeah. an email or people receiving text yeah. messages how do you present that on screen because it's a very it, it's something you read mm. yeah. um, I, I don't know I thought they did well with yeah. that and I thought it was it, it, she felt crowded all these people commenting yes. oh she clearly did something to the baby yeah. or you know look at her look at her, you know she mm. can't even cry that mm. kind yeah. of thing and all these people are, you know, popping up around her. She's seeing, mm. you know, the real-life representation of mm. these people rather than just the words. I, I, yeah, I didn't
0: mind that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Jenna Coleman. I thought she was I think think she's fantastic in
1: this. Yeah, there's definitely something of the Lindy Chamberlains about this, isn't yes. there? It's definitely inspired by her refusal to perform. Lindy's refusal mm. to perform for the public, mm. um, with the emotions that she was meant to um, display in certain mm. situations. That's that sort of hangs over the whole show, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I was thinking of that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly, Lindy had something to do with it because
0: she's she, not as sad not as she enough. needs to be. God, it, yeah. It highlighted so many. Things for me and issues and manipulation and the media, and oh my god, it was, yeah, Yeah. gripping.
1: Yeah, I totally loved it. But let's talk about our nitpicks. <laughs> now, I, yeah, I do want to preface this by saying it's a fantastic show. You mm. should definitely see it. I thought there were a couple of moments that were a little heavy-handed, like uh, the, the judgmental comments from other mothers about yeah. the baby. You know, she's pushing the pram down the street and she runs into someone from mother's group who who has a go at her because she's got too many layers on the baby. And this <laughs> this sort of thing happens time and time again. And you're thinking, okay, we get the point that she's feeling besieged That's and true. that people can be cruel and people can be unnoticed caring but you know don't overdo it.
2: I I didn't mind that because I mean for her to get to the state where she's distraught Mm. she's you know to get to that height and state, you, you don't just have one passing comment of someone going, oh, you know, take your, take your top off the baby. Mm. Um, I feel like she had to feel really under attack. Okay, yeah. And really kind of, you know, everyone's got it in for me. Everyone thinks I'm the world's worst mother and maybe I am the world's worst mother. Maybe I can't do this mm. and my husband's a complete and utter useless. He's absent. <laughs> you know, I, I won't say it, mm. but uh yeah. I, I felt I felt that was okay because and, and mothers mothers groups, I don't know, I haven't been in a mothers group obviously. <laughs> but um from what I hear, mothers' groups can be pretty tough yeah. and pretty judgmental.
0: I mean, if anything, I don't have kids and this certainly did not sell motherhood and, and <laughs> having babies to me at all. I was looking at my boyfriend, I'm like, Do we wanna do this one day? <laughs> I did not. I was like, This is horrific. <laughs>
1: Okay, minor complaints aside, The Cry is an amazing show. Do make sure you watch it. It begins on the ABC from February 3 and will be available on iView to binge.
2: Hi, this is Angie. And Evie from... Gogglebox, and
0: you are listening to The Binge List.
1: And now onto something very different. Netflix's new series, Russian Dolls, stars creator Natasha Lyonne as Nadia, a young woman who finds herself doomed to repeat the same day over and over. Sound familiar? Yeah, there's a little bit of Groundhog Day to this, but it's very, very different as she finds herself looping through the same New York birthday party before dying in a series of unpleasant ways again and again and again. What did you think, Ali? Um...
0: Look, I've seen two episodes of this now and I, I, I think I want to watch more, but I'm still confused about what the show's point is. <laughs> like I get the whole, she's trying to figure out why she keeps dying and then coming back to life in that bathroom, which has a really cool door. Um, but <laughs> But yeah, I don't really understand the point um i love natasha leone though so much so i'll keep going but were you guys as confused as i am now or
2: yeah i guess i was confused in the sense that yeah why is this happening i don't know why this is happening but my problem with this show is it's a gimmick show Mm. and the gimmick is that the storyline keeps starting again each time she dies her story starts again Mm. and she's got to work out okay what do I have to do differently this time? Yeah. So do I, I do
0: I just live it up and like take all the drugs? Yeah, <laughs> which is what she does. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so it's kind of a little bit like. Um Black Mirror bander snatching that mm. choose your own adventure kind of way, she, except she's doing it. We're not choosing her adventure. Mm. She's going right. Okay, so last time I died by falling down the stairs. <laughs> so okay, I'm going to hold on to the banister this time. Yeah, and that's kind of fun for a couple of episodes, yeah. but I don't think I'll last that's... beyond that because it's like, okay, this is going to get really boring really mm. quickly. And there was Good a point. show a few a uh, few years back um, called Daybreak with Tay Diggs in it. And it only lasted a season. It was the same thing. He was a detective and at the end of each episode he died and he was being set up and blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) it just, you know, how
1: many times can this character die before
2: it gets boring?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I was really obsessed with this when it started. I was really entranced watching my screen for probably about one and a half episodes and Mm -hmm. then she started to get on my nerves a bit. You know, like when you've (laughs) been with someone you like but you've been with them for too long and you can find space and they're starting to get on your nerves. (laughs) That was this. But... I do plan to see it all the way to the end. I haven't wow. got there yet. I mm. did enjoy it enough to want to make that commitment. Mm. I think you know when an a- when an actor writes their own part, there's always a risk. It's going to be an exercise in narcissism, mm. and that's a little bit what this is. It's a bit of navel gazing, you know, sort of New York um, cultural elite kind of navel gazing mm. of uh, around this party and the sort of the narcissism and the self obsession and mm. the self reflection. But even still, did enjoy it very much and I like that there's a sense of progression. As it goes on, you start to see her getting some place in her journey. Mm.
0: I feel like it's um, Natasha Lyonne's character from um, Orange is the New Black, if she didn't go to prison. Yeah. Right, right, right. (laughs) Who was, I mean, her character on that show, she's a drug addict and this woman so far has done a lot of drugs and is just living the high life literally in New York and she's obviously got money to... um, and that's sort of the character she had on Orange yeah. is the New Black.
2: And, and Natasha Leone is, for me, a sidekick character. She's mm. great in Orange is the New Black because she's not Piper. Mm. She's not Alex. She's not one of the main characters, but she's mm. great comic relief and, and sometimes great drama, dramatic yeah, yeah. relief as well. Um, but she's kind of, yeah, second string and she's a character actress. Yes. So to see her in a lead role... Like Matt said, yeah, she's like that that friend you have who you know takes up a lot of your time, is really kind of loud and obnoxious (laughs) and then after an hour you're like, oh, just shut
0: up. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm glad she's got her own show. I feel like this is her time to shine and, I mean, I don't know if this is the show that will really like catapult her as a leading actress but – I'm glad she's having her moment,
2: and it's interesting that yeah, she, she is one of the co-creators on this with um mm. a- Amy Poehler, mm. which yeah, it that's doesn't so feel surprising. Like, and one other woman whose name I can't remember, but um, it doesn't feel like an Amy Poehler show, mm. which which interested me, and we'll be talking about another one of her shows later. Yeah. Um, it, it feels a lot more like a Natasha Leone show yeah. than an Amy Poehler show. Would, mm. would you
0: agree? Yeah, it's yeah, I, I think it's totally out of Amy Amy Poehler's wheelhouse, but good on it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and can I just credit the either the, the location Scout or the set designer for the for the the party scene it has yes. one of the most memorable doors I've <laughs> ever seen in television history and you see this door open and close many times but yes. I never get sick of it because it's no. a fascinating door isn't it is it yeah. a vagina door well, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's certainly a very interesting door.
0: It what well, yeah, it caught me like immediately as, as soon as I saw her open it because it's obviously got no. Well, I'll give a spoiler away, but there's a the door handle is like a gun. So yeah. you think she's going to shoot a gun, but it opens the door, and it's does the door change? I feel like I didn't notice the big blue. Well, that could look like a vagina.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting that each time she dies, she ends up back in, in the bathroom, bathroom which yeah. um, a bathroom which has. So alludes to the reproductive system. Maybe it's kind of a uh, rebirth of some sort.
2: But every time she did end up back in that bathroom by the second episode, I was like, oh, okay, here we here go we again. And, I mean, sometimes I like it when they did the montage of death, 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 yeah. death back there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it damn, it, of the damn it, damn it, damn <laughs> it. But then it's like, okay, well, how many times can you do that before that becomes boring? So I don't know. I didn't see the progression as much, but Mm. maybe like you say, Matt, I I need to watch more episodes. Don't know if I will, though. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it ultimately resolves because Mm. none of us are there yet to the end. There are some hints. She seems to be having some kind of a spiritual awakening or maybe she's going to ditch that and decide that there's no meaning behind everything. Mm. That's part of the reason I want to see how it ends. I'm kind of curious.
2: And it, it feels like a one-season show though, right? Oh, God, yes.
0: Yeah, I can't – like you said, it's a gimmick. How are they going to continue it in the second season if she continues to die alive again, die, you know? Or maybe there's to... a
2: big twist at the end of the first season we haven't got to
0: yet. But the title, Russian Doll, I mean, is that that's suggesting, you know, she's – Layers. Yeah, exactly. So that's what that means, right? She's
1: stripping back the layers and finding herself again and again and again, but in smaller and smaller Mm, forms. mm, (laughs) mm, So maybe there'll be nothing left of her or she'll she'll be microscopic. She'll physically shrink as as it goes on. Yeah, okay. Some interesting insights there. Russian Doll is on Netflix from Feb 1. This is The One and Only Bench List. Stan has Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins' new six-part series, I Am The Night, which also stars Chris Pine from that film. Inspired by an autobiographical book by Jenkins' late friend, author Fauna Hodel, it deals with an apparently mixed-race high school student who discovers the woman she believed was her biological mother had in fact adopted her. Who are her real family? It's a mystery that takes on very sinister overtones when her apparent grandfather turns out to be a suspect in the Black Dahlia murder, a notorious mutilation killing that still haunts LA to this day. What did you think, Gavin?
2: I had really high hopes for this one because it received a lot of buzz, a lot of attention and, you know, Chris Pine, movie mm. star being on TV, which isn't a new thing these days, but every time it happens I'm like, oh, they're, yeah. they're on TV now, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, I, I couldn't get into it. I watched uh, one and a half episodes and I, I gave up halfway through the second episode because I, I just got a little bit bored. Mm. I felt like the entire first episode was set up and backstory and should have maybe been condensed into 20 minutes mm. because by the of the first episode, I was like, what is this show about? Yeah. Because everything I thought this show was about has now kind of been dealt with in uh, Fauna's backstory, mm. and now she's off on this adventure to to find out her family. Whereas I kind of feel like, isn't that the story? And shouldn't that have been in the happened first... Happened quicker. Happened quicker. Yeah. And then into episode two, and still it was dragging and dragging and dragging. Mm. So yeah, I didn't love it, I have to mm. say. Yeah, Allie?
0: I'm a bit the same. I mean, good on you for one and a half episodes. <laughs> I could barely finish the first. <laughs> Um, yeah, I felt like it was way too long, the first the first episode, and I, I don't know if this, the other episodes are as long. I just think it would have been better off as a movie if they could have condensed it. Yep. Like, I think I thought Chris Pine was really good in it, um, but yeah, I had really high hopes, especially with Patty Jenkins as the director, and obviously Chris Pine and Patty worked on Wonder Woman together, and that was great. Um yeah, I just couldn't connect with it. I just didn't really, again, I didn't really know what it was all about. And then it just took a long time to get there. And there was a moment though when you, when um, what's this, her surname? Fauna, she, yeah. So when she finds her um, birth certificate and that starts to unravel, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then it just didn't, didn't yeah, really go anywhere. After, I was like, mm, well, so it had, so- it has something, but it didn't really deliver. So
1: yeah I agree what is this about (laughs) you think it's about uh, a period piece about racial tensions and social issues but then they're constantly holding out this uh this detail of the black dahlia Mm. they're selling it on the black dahlia uh, mystery and what that what that may lead to for fauna um look I enjoyed it it was a sort of a sedate sort of meandering through a period in time I wouldn't say that I was eager to go back and see more of it I think it's a bit of a mess but not in a not in a disastrous way just in a sort of an unfocused way like this is kind of a labor of love clearly and it's based on of course uh one of patty's friends life so she's she's sort of interested in the details about it and so on and so forth Mm. I have been past the house of the alleged Black Dahlia murderer. The alleged Black Dahlia murderer several times in LA. It's quite a notorious house. I know a bit about this case. People in LA are still obsessed with this murder because, A, it's so heinous and, B, it's never been solved and, C, it sort of involves celebrity because the young woman who was murdered was a wannabe actress. Mm -hmm. Um, They assumed that the person who killed her was quite high-powered and may have had uh, medical knowledge in the horrific way that he dealt with her body. Don't ever look at the murder scene photos like I did when I was in LA. That was not something that I ever want to do again. So so wouldn't a, a, a series about this have been more yeah. interesting? Because this sounds really interesting. I'm, I'm like, hooked.
0: oh yeah. Matt, make this show. <laughs> um,
1: I don't know. Look, I've heard this story so many times and I think it's part of, you know, LA's narcissism and LA's self obsession that they're so obsessed with this murder because, you know, it's got fame and it's it's Absolutely heinous. There have been several films, TV series right. about this. Mm. Um, so this is, numerous like a books. New,
2: this is like a, a new hook. look at it but a very boring and confusing look <laughs> Misguided. at it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know much about Fauna Hodel but I'm assuming that her connection to the alleged suspected murderer is possibly the reason that this book is um, relatively famous. I haven't read the book. I don't know. Forgive mm. me if that's not true and there's some other interesting stuff in there.
0: Mm. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. Anyway, let's give this one a miss,
1: shall yeah, we?
0: Yeah, I'm happy to. <laughs> oh, look, I,
1: I wouldn't say give it a miss. It's pleasant enough if you're not one of those people who needs to have something happening every second of the day in the show, or <laughs> if you're obsessed with huge revelations. If you just enjoy, so like the a rock. good it's a show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> both of us. It's well made. It's well made, oh, of but it's just not really what I would consider fantastic <laughs> television. I mean, if you
0: like Chris Pine, go for it.
1: Yeah he's, yeah. he's good. So, I Am The Night is available now on Stan. Binge list. ABC comedy Rosehaven is back for a third season from January 30. Binge list's Claire Rigdon spoke to the creators and stars Celia Pacola and Luke McGregor all about the show.
3: That sort of weather and that sort of dark dankness sort of lends itself quite well to the show, really, doesn't it? Because it's sort of got that kind of wintry feel to it.
4: It didn't feel as cold this year as the year before, mm. but it, I mean, any, anywhere at four AM is cold. But yeah. particularly in the middle of winter in Tassie was a bit blah. But every year we're getting a bit we got a bit better at it. In terms of no messing about with oh will I need thermals? Just go straight to thermals. Yeah, the full body puffer. Just get it on and then take it layers off. Yeah. But Good what I learned, this is terrible. One day we were filming we were at the animal feed place mm. and it was freezing and the sun hadn't come up yet, but we already started filming there. And then the sun came up and it got colder it gets what? colder. Out? Thank you. But that's science. That's It's just what happens. It gets colder when the sun comes up for a bit. I don't know why. That's really bizarre. But it blew my brain apart. And I'm like, yeah, it gets colder for a bit because the sun's. I like, did not. I was that. like, come on, sun. Here comes the sun. Going to warm my bones. Yeah, we never pretend it's a summer day. Yeah, be yeah, better. yeah. And also, I mean, the general rule is that comedy works better when it's cold. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. that famous story, I don't know if it's true or not, That David Letterman used to put the air conditioning on. Heaps in. The, oh right. really? Oh, that's, well, just see. I just I don't know how true it is being cold, but definitely heat it does not work for comedy. Like in a room is too hot then you get sleepy yeah. and it's hard to laugh. Whereas if if you're cold, you're sort of an edge. So maybe we just like, subconsciously <laughs> do that to try and give ourselves an edge. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I I read this really interesting article this week. Actually, it was an interview with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Did oh yeah, did you yeah. read that oh, one? Oh yeah, yeah. so great. But one of the things that really struck me was when they were talking about how. Um, when they decided to write in the character Elaine into Seinfeld, um, that they all didn't want it to be a romantic love interest, that they wanted to focus on the friendship between Jerry and Elaine and Elaine and the others. And, yeah. yeah, and I kind of thought about the interview with you guys coming up because a lot of that goes on with Em and and your character, Luke. Like, is that so, – like, that dynamic between the two of them. Oh, yeah, that, it's
4: entirely – Have you – kind of,
3: had you sort of consciously thought about that? Because I guess a lot of the audience, there's always that thing like, oh, is there a is
4: romantic really? link between the two no, of them? we kind of didn't have a choice in that it just wouldn't have worked. We tried. Like, the first – Iteration of this show was us as a married couple. Oh, really? And we yeah. tra- We didn't try it for very long because we just went. This feels wrong and not what it's just because a- it, because it sounded funny on paper like people who knew us, Louie Silver as a couple. Yeah. yeah, hilarious. But it 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 just wasn't. It was just wrong. We thought actually it's more interesting the relationship that we do have, which mm. is a platonic friendship. You know, to heterosexual. You know, of. Yeah, and yeah. Like this, yeah, in a, of, in a friendship in your thirties, yeah, is interest is more interesting. Yeah. to us. And the first
1: season, ABC were really keen for us to have some sort of inkling of that in the last episode, and then in season two they were like, "All right, when are we going to do it?" But they were, they were really nice in trusting us that we're like, "Oh, this is this is the this is the show." As the show went on, I think it became the think people, I feel
4: of let it go after after season one. Like when we're we'll writing season one, they're like, "It'll be eventually." a Will they work that? And I feel like when they saw as well as we did the reaction of people were like, into got it into mm, the fact that yeah. yeah, it was platonic. But how much of both of you are in your
3: Rosehaven characters?
1: D- Daniel's. My parents are both real estate agents. My brother works for them. Yeah, and I. Could have gone down that route. So if I hadn't have done comedy, then mm-hmm. probably what I would have been like if I didn't do comedy. with my parents. So, so he's, he's me without the without the um, oh, without the funny, I guess. Without the real sort of. The Daniel funny. jokes, yeah. Daniel jokes around, but he's not. He's he's definitely the. I'd say he's this. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's definitely sort of the straighter, more worry ward. Yeah. Of, so he's he's, he's, yeah, he's that sort of me personified. Yeah, kind of, yeah, right, load yeah. up and make, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and that reminds me when I'm in a really, really good mood. It's a really <laughs> silly good mood, which yeah. I am. But Nat is, Utopia is not me at all. Yeah. That's why she's so fun to play. Yeah, that's
3: Super funny. Capable. That's funny then that people, that's the one that people talk to you
4: about. Well, I think it's because in that show, it's so many idiots and two people who aren't me and Rob yeah. and Tony. So everyone wants to identify with me. They, want, they come up to me and go, oh. I'm you, and everyone else in my office is... Yeah, (laughs) yeah, all those. No one's identifying with, you know, with the ones who are causing problems and being
1: completely silly, but yeah. Okay, great interview, Claire. So Rosehaven is available from January 30. It's Hidden Gem time, and Ali, you've been watching Broad City, which is available on the Comedy Channel.
0: Yeah, so Broad City is one of my favourite shows. It's created at, by and stars Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer as 20-something-year-old best friends who are trying to navigate life in New York. Most of the time, pretty unsuccessfully, though. <laughs> um, but despite that, their adventures always seem to lead down unexpected, exciting and bizarre paths. They have very little money, their careers are basically non-existent, but they aren't afraid to throw themselves into sticky situations and at the end of the day, they have each other. Abby and Alana make the smallest and mundane events hysterical and disturbing to watch all at the same time. It's quirky, it's weird, um, it's hilarious, obviously, um, and it's right on the pulse of pop culture. In fact, the show regularly adds to the conversation and lingo. They famously coined the term Yas Queen. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they did. Um, With its fifth and final season airing on Comedy Channel, as mentioned by Matt, um, I'm devastated, but I'm really excited to see what Abby and Alana do next. They've both been starring in... um, a few different movies as well, but I hope they they work together because um, I don't know how their minds create what they do. <laughs> like it's the type of show you sit down and watch and go, how did they think of this? How did they? How are they so funny? How did they? How did they do it? Um, they, Amy Poehler is an executive um, producer on the show. She kind of discovered them a little bit. Um, Abby and Alana went to um, Upright Citizens Brigade, like the. Um, the it's a a group or a, a, yeah it's like improv um, in improv, improv sort of thing, um, yeah. But season five has just started. It kicked off with Abby turning thirty, um, and Abby and Alana, in true Abby and Alana form, decide to walk from the tip of the top of Manhattan to the bottom. Um, no small feet, And it's shot all through Instagram stories. So they often um, each episode sometimes will follow like a linear, like you know you'll carry on stories from previous episode to the other but sometimes they're just standalone episodes like one episode the girls do mushrooms and it's all an animation of their mind on mushrooms and then yeah so this episode the first episode is all shot through instagram stories which is incredible um also they have amazing guest stars they've had hillary clinton rupaul fran Drescher, to name a few um i can't get enough
1: (laughs) sounds good well, thanks for joining us this week on Binge List. Do make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can hear us via all good podcast apps. Join us next week when we're talking about Luther and talking to Ryan Eggold about New Amsterdam. Do feel free to contact us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Matt Denby. Gavin's there also as GavinScott99, and you can reach Ali on Instagram at AliCromedy. Until next week, happy viewing. Bye.
0: Bye.